welcome to Helping Kids Be Kids, a Little Lighthouse production. I'm your host, Christina McIndorfer, and I'm so glad you're here. In this week's conversation, I'm talking with Sean and Jerusha Sahara about their son Giovanni and their journey of discovering that he would have special needs and a high-risk pregnancy. This is the first of a four-part series that we've designed to talk about the unique struggles and joys that dads face on the special needs journey. Please be sure to share this with the men in your life. Before we get into that, I'd like to make sure that you're aware of our Shining Light Conference that's coming up this Thursday and Friday, June 10th and 11th. It's available both on-site at the Little Lighthouse and virtually. To find out more information, check out the link in the show notes. If you're a parent of a child at the Little Lighthouse, we have a special offer for you. You can reach out to me through our email at helpingkidspodcast at littlelighthouse.org, and I can get those details to you. And now we'll listen in on today's conversation. Okay, Sean. <clears throat> yes. Sean and Jerusha, we have, I have been looking forward to this ever since this fall, Sean, when you shared your story for a different project and uh, like all morning, I was like, <laughs> oh, today's the day, today's the day. <laughs> so, I'm glad. So thank you both for coming and making the time to share your story together. You're very welcome. You are welcome. Anything for you guys. Uh, well, have you guys ever shared your testimony before as a couple? You know, not as a couple, um, but maybe individually, and certainly during some of the other uh, events that we've we've done at Little Lighthouse, but not not publicly, um, but with friends and family, mm-hmm. um, and that's basically been about it mm-hmm. as far as sharing. And I think that's probably uh, I don't want to say a good thing, but in aligned with with how we are as a couple. Uh, because it means more to people that know you personally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, certainly not not necessarily publicly, but um, privately with with friends and family, and things like that happen really organically. Well, you have so much fun together; it just oozes off of you. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like on the edge of my seat. It's all a show. See what's going to no, happen it's, today. It's all a show. <laughs> <laughs> we practice this in the morning at 5 a.m. Well, <laughs> or I did anyway. While I slept. <laughs> she was just starting REM sleep. Yes. Cool. Well, uh, let, uh, let's just like get started by you sharing your story. How did you guys okay. meet each other? Oh, oh my wow. goodness. That is a story. <laughs> That is a story. So I was a chaplain at uh, Oral Roberts University. Ah, woo-hoo. Yeah. And uh, um, I forget what our phone numbers, our last four digits is a phone number. ORU had, you know, the same number basically, but the last four digits for every room were different. And so we had the same four numbers, but two of the numbers in between were transposed. It was like two, four or something. Um, and so every night he would give me a call, give me my messages. Or our families would call the other phone number for some right. reason. And we knew each other beforehand, right? We were friends, but we didn't like really know each other in depth. So I would call her and give her her messages or she would call me and give me my family's messages or whoever had called me. And then it's, we just started talking. Till four in the morning. Yeah. Till four in the morning. And that was it. Yeah. And then we started studying together. And she would do my homework. (laughs) (laughs) 
just one class or two. (laughs) (laughs) And 25 years later, we're here. (laughs) And I love statistics now. He does. (laughs) The power of your influence. Right. Right. (laughs) Really. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, so that's how we um, uh, got to know each other better. uh, And it was pretty quick after that, you know, fall in love and dating and then uh, asking her to, to marry me, which is another story altogether. 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in love. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been that long? It doesn't seem that long. Yeah. It's been great. It's been good. It's been fast. Yeah. And three beautiful kids. It's just so good. God is so good. I would have never been able to write this, even, you know. Yeah. It's been an adventure, that's for sure. Yes, indeed. Hmm. What are some of the high points of that adventure? I mean, 25 years, that's a long time. Oh, man. Um, let's see. We traveled a lot before we got married. Um, we were able to go to golf tournaments because, you know, we were married <clears throat> but no kids. And then high points, having each of our children under- Surprises, complete surprises, and amazing surprises that came at just the right time. Right. I think the high points are are getting married, getting to know each other, and then having kids after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, each of them has, has been, our kids are so separated by years, right? So one is 19, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> if I remember that correctly. <laughs> one is 13, and, and uh, our middle child is... Uh, uh, 13 and Giovanni six. So there's quite mm. a bit of, of space in between. So each of them kind of feel like a only child mm. uh, to a certain um, degree. And, uh, and we feel like sometimes only child parents mm. because they're so separated and, and, but they're, they, they get along great with each other, uh, which is a, a great blessing. Incredible. I'm so happy and, and fulfilled by that. And they're so much fun to be around. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, that those are the high points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys strike me as people who don't take yourselves too seriously. Oh, we don't. <laughs> that's something that's... <laughs> yes and no, right? I think we take ourselves seriously when necessary. And then well, most of the time, no. I mean, we, we do enjoy uh, teasing each other and, and having fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's a, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So your family culture, I'm really curious. Like, what what would a normal day in your lives be when your kids are little? Lots of food. I cook mm. a lot. So um, the table is pretty much where we're at. We live in the kitchen, living room, dance parties oh. on the daily. Oh. I think Sean's love for music has really load through our kids and all they want is a good beat, some dancing music, they sing. Uh, There's n- no holes. I mean, everything is fair game. I love being in our home. So peaceful. You know, it's something to come home to. Our kids always bring their kids home. Friends. Yeah, they're sorry. Not their kids. Their <laughs> friends Instantly home. become grandparents. <laughs> bring it on. No. <laughs> um, but as little kids, just playing a lot of play. Um, Legos. Sean did a gazillion Lego sets. It felt like with Bella, or with Cristiano, and with Bella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of focus on them, you know, and where they're at in their childhood. 
And it felt like, um, like growing up again, right? Getting mm-hmm. to experience it through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a blast. And that's really, I think, one of the aspects of uh, falling in love with your kids. So uh, Giovanni's your youngest, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What is Gio's story? Wow. Well, he was a surprise. We had gotten rid of everything because, you know, Bella was going to be 13. Christiana was going to be seven. We're so good. All of, the, all of our baby everything. equipment. No crib. No <clears throat> everything. And so we found out we were pregnant with Giovanni. Excited. Like, like two weeks later. Literally. Two weeks <laughs> later after we got rid of everything. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're like, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're having another baby. Um, but Gio's story is... We found out we were pregnant with our third, extremely excited. And then at about 12 weeks, we got a call from our OB. And he let us know that there was a 99% chance of Down syndrome in baby and about a 99% chance that his heart would stop functioning just because of the way it was forming from our previous ultrasound. Mm. So one, we knew nothing about Down syndrome. I think we cried for a good I don't even know. It felt like we cried all weekend because we wouldn't be able to get another ultrasound until like four more days until the weekend was over and it was Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. Just so much despair, you know, because you don't know you're grieving the normal and I'll just, you know, quote unquote normal pregnancy. You don't know what to expect. Um, You just know everything's bad all of a sudden. Um, But honestly, if it wasn't for just our relationship with Christ. I I was telling Sean in the car, I think he prayed like 500 scriptures over us almost immediately. He was, you know, I will live and not die. He was just, you know, our, our paths are ordered. It was so much just God and presence that we'll be okay. And so we got through that weekend, which happened to be one of our anniversary weekends. And we thought, you know what? God doesn't make mistakes. And we're going to go with this for however long it's going to be, and it'll be fine. And God gives us steps. So we're going to take one step at a time, and we'll just live it. And gosh, Gigi's entire pregnancy was just riddled with, um, we think it might be this. The heart's looking okay, but we want to monitor something else. (laughs) And at 29 or 30 weeks gestation, they found out he had transmittent reverse flow. Which at that stage, babies babies past 16 weeks have a 50% chance of survival. So the fact that he was at 30 weeks, they were like, we have no idea how he's surviving and how you're not, you know, crazy high blood pressure. Yeah. Or that you're surviving. Or that I'm that surviving, time. right. I remember when you told me you were in the study and um, crying. And so I walk in, I see you crying. I go, oh no. And you tell me. And uh, that experience was heart dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because you're you are surrounded by nothing but negative statements, and it's you know it's it's necessary by medical professionals to to give you all of the possibilities, and they're nothing but negative. And so you are you know instantly attacked mentally and, and spiritually, and to degree physically as well with all these negative reports and it instantly is a two-ton weight on your on your heart and your soul and your mind and you have to come to grip with it our uh, doctor even gave us the option of terminating. Um, terminating the pregnancy 
and but that that was never a an option for us. I mean, it wasn't a, a second uh, alternative. Yep. Yeah. And then you know, going throughout the pregnancy with Gigi, it was it was again nothing but uh, negative reports and family and friends telling you that uh, things are going to be okay. You know, God's got your back. But and those are great, right? You need that support network for a special needs family. Mm-hmm. But really, it's there's nothing like having a, a solid relationship with God to comfort you, to give you strength and peace and joy during that time. Because it's not, on the outside, it's not a, a joyful experience, right? And everybody is very trying to be supportive, but they don't know either, right? And you don't know. And there's this huge cloud of not knowing, fear of unknown that just weighs on you. And so um, one of the things that I did, like Jerusha said, was that was the only thing I knew how to fall back on was God's word. So I did it as much as I could. And it's interesting. One of the things that I learned in my doctoral program was this concept of aspirational prayer. And I guess church forefathers did this, you know, 15, 20,000 times a day, but it's just praying underneath your breath, right? Mm-hmm. Pray without ceasing. And that's, this is the literal form of it. So they'd pray underneath their breath. And one of the prayers that I learned was, uh, uh, Jesus, save your son of God, have mercy on me. And I didn't pray at 15,000 15, times a day or 20,000 times a day at that time, probably like 100,000 or 2 million. <laughs> it was quite a bit. But I mean, that, that focused my heart and focused my mind on good things, right? What God says, God's promises. That's right. And so that got me through. That got me through, and even in the darkest times, when we found about found out about the reverse flow, you know that something that I think we shared with uh, in one of the other events that we've done together is how tough an experience that was. And I th- I've told you a little bit about this, but during that time when you had high blood pressure and Giovanni had reverse flow, you know the doctors were telling me that I may lose you guys. And it really didn't hit me at that moment. There's a possibility for one of them passing. I, I was, okay, I got to deal with that. But what really got me was, uh, don't cry. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> okay, you're right in front of me. Um, what really got me was having to, or thinking of, and, and trying to explain this to our kids. Uh, Bella, Grace, and and Cristiano, how do I tell them that their mother passed away or their brother passed away or both of you, God forbid, both of you pass away? And so that was one of the toughest things I've ever had to go through mentally, right, and and spiritually Mm -hmm. was that possibility, and that was always in the back of my head. And I had to pray that, I don't want to say pray it away, but focus my heart and mind on God's promises instead of that possibility. And that was a war. That was a huge battle, but we got through it. We did. And with peace, just so much peace. We were in the hospital for 51 days. Mm. (laughs) So much so that we started getting mail. It's mail at the hospital. (laughs) And that's not a joke. We literally got mail at the (laughs) hospital. But our room became a haven. It's almost like, and I remember telling one of my girlfriends, I feel like God put us here for somebody else. 
because mm-hmm. we knew we were good. We knew what we were standing on. And, and to Sean's point, I mean, God's word, we just held on to it like there was nothing left. Um, but our room became a haven. Um, the people who cleaned my room every day, she would come in because uh, we have so many amazing friends that brought us so much food and, and cupcakes and you know, they would come in and have their breaks. The nurses, the cleaning crew, everybody would come into our room every day to come just sit and spend some time because the room was peaceful. And I thought, you know, in the midst of our craziness, God could find an oasis for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of our, uh, and I don't think physical therapy, but one of our nurses even told us that they were expecting before they told their parents. Mm-hmm. It was just we had built so many amazing relationships I think to people who needed to know that God was there for them, no matter what, even in the darkest times that you'd be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that experience of the nurse telling us that she was pregnant and I'm going, girl, what are you doing? You're telling us before your, your family. Um, but you just let her talk or, and yeah, you did to your credit. That was, uh, that was fun. (laughs) <laughs> that was fun. I would take the kids to school. Um, this was our routine. I would, I would wake up, make sure, call Jerusha, make sure she was okay. Um, um, ask her if she needed anything and take the kids to school and then spend a few hours, go to the hospital, spend a few hours sleeping. And the nurses were great because they would let me sleep um, and even put blankets over me, you know, when necessary. Hopefully I didn't snore too bad. Not that I snore. You don't snore, remember? <laughs> <laughs> you snore. Nope. <laughs> um, and, uh, man, I was, you know, we got so much food. And, and it's, you know, it's necessary having a support network. I don't know where we would be without that support network at church. Um. So shout out to Church on the Move. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys were amazing, uh, life-saving. Yeah. And so I never had to worry about food. And there was so much food that I was actually giving it away. We fed all of St. Francis second floor. <laughs> Literally. We would just have food in my room. It was mm-hmm. it was the place to be. Yeah. We had enchiladas. We had barbecue. <laughs> we had donuts in the morning. It was- and not just, you know... I don't know, a glazed donut. I mean, these were the fancy stuff. Mm. It was it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, there were that aspect of it was great. So was this hospitalization before Gio was born? Mm-hmm. You had to be hospitalized because of the reverse of flow. This. Right. Yep. So the story with that is we had to go to the high-risk doctor, and our routine for those hospital, well, not hospital, but those doctor visits, would we would go to the doctor, go out to Wild Fork, have breakfast, uh, maybe do a little shopping and then go home. So we went to the um, high risk doctor and uh, we were there for an extended amount of time. So About an hour. The ultrasound was, was an hour. Yeah. So he goes, he detects the reverse flow that it was happening and goes, okay, um, let me tell you what's happening. And I don't know why your baby is growing. And surviving and thriving, right? Right. And, uh, but you guys are going to the hospital right now. There's going to be a team of doctors waiting for you. 
No, no, no. He didn't say that yet. He says, you're going to go to the hospital right now. And I go, okay, well, we'll go to breakfast. It was and Christmas. You're yeah. like, oh, well, we'll just go shopping first and then we'll head that way. We're so laid back. In yeah. The so I go, okay, well, we're, okay, we have plans to go to breakfast because that was important to me. And I'll go pack a bag and then we'll go to the doctor, you know, we'll go to the hospital. And he goes, no, very <laughs> sternly, no, you don't understand. You need to get to the hospital right now. You're going to have a baby today. And uh, um, I, well, okay, that woke me up. And he goes, "There's going to be a team of doctors waiting for you at the emergency." At the emergency, I think it was at the emergency uh, door. And so we jet over there, and um, then they were expecting us, but there wasn't necessarily a team of doctors there. But the, they were expecting us. We got wheeled into the room. Um, they're testing her, and everything is a blur. Everything is a blur. And, and it still kind of is, although the emotion, all those emotions are, are just beneath the surface. Is that true with you as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't remember everything about that particular moment. Um, but I know that emote, that feeling of the, all the emotions are just still right under the surface. Yeah. So we were there up until the time we could deliver him. And we held on for as long as we could. It was daily ultrasounds because they had to make sure at least something was going to baby. And that baby, they couldn't explain it, but baby kept growing. Gigi was still growing. My blood sugar, or not blood sugar, but blood pressure was perfect. And so the unexplainable, I just kept telling the nurses, it's the Holy Spirit. I know it's the Holy Spirit. And <laughs> we prayed with people. But um, so we were there until 34 weeks. So we were there for a month, a little over a month before we could deliver him. And that morning we knew it was time, time to introduce him to the world. Yeah. And it was a quick birthing process. I remember seeing him crying and told you he's beautiful. Uh, and he was, you know, even all messy. He is a beautiful boy. He oh is. He's cute. I don't think you'll find anyone more in love with him than Sean. <laughs> Truly. Anyway, all his kids. He's but tough Gigi's to pretty special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the other two, they just dote on him. So much so that Gigi pushes them away. Enough right. love for today. <laughs> you can have more later. <laughs> so his favorite words is bye bye. Yeah. And he tells that to his his siblings all the time. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah. Um so he was in the hospital for a month. A month in NICU. And that's when the nurse told us about her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. NICU is a special place. We were in the hospital during Christmas. And New Year's. Right. And two birthdays. And this is kind of funny. I have a picture of us in the hospital room with a, a um, fireplace on the phone, right, crackling, which is kind of cool at the time. Somebody brought us, one of our friends brought us Christmas tree. Another friend brought us a Christmas tree, and I think we had a third one up there as well. A little forest. Yeah, yeah. Presents everywhere, and this was this is the funny part of it. Um, I have a, a picture of us watching the fire. We put the 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 fireplace on the phone underneath one of the trees. I don't know if you remember this, but there's a Cristiano is in the in the foreground, and he has oh. his hoodie. His clothes were on backwards. <laughs> And I just noticed this maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, and that's kind of what, that's a good metaphor for that whole time. 
that that wasn't wasn't necessarily important. <laughs> he did amazing, amazing. I don't know about amazing. Our kids wanted for nothing, <laughs> so we're good. Now they did want for macaroni and cheese. <laughs> so here's the story about that. <laughs> He's gonna keep going. <laughs> So everything was confusing for me. Um, I was, uh, they wanted macaroni and cheese. And I don't think anybody had brought macaroni and cheese in, in I a make week it or so. Scratch. You were in the hospital. I know, but I typically make it from scratch. So we like Kraft macaroni and cheese. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it disgusts Jerusha, but we love it. The rest of the family loves it. So I, I just said about making Kraft macaroni and cheese, and I've made it before. But we didn't have milk at the time. So I decided um, to take the creamer that we had and dilute it with water, and that would be good enough. And it was good enough if you were making concrete out of macaroni and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) If you were trying to make a nuclear bunker out of macaroni and cheese, it was perfect. They ordered pizza. It was just a daily science experiment. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hmm. Were you still working at the time, Sean? Were you having to balance yeah, caring for everybody um, and working? Uh, I was, although um, I was uh, heading up a, a small private equity company at the time, so I had a lot of um, room and flexibility. So it was... It, it was uh, that was a tremendous blessing at the time because I was a, I was just able to do anything that I needed to do at the time and everybody was really supportive, knew what needed to happen and they took up the slack, um, and uh, eventually sold that and and dissolved it, um, which was fine with me at the time because it was a a big stress point too. Uh, I wanted to make sure that everything was and falling through the cracks, but um, they did a good job of of filling in for me at the time. So that was good. Can you pull the mic down just a tad? Yeah. Thank you. I think it's just, it's missing a few things you're saying. No problem. Hopefully you got that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to start talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an old karate movie. So Gio was born and he was beautiful. Yes. How has he changed your life? Oh my goodness. I think he's changed every aspect of our lives. Um, I don't know if you can love deeper, but I think we love deeper. We have a lot more patience with ourselves, with each other. I can't, I can't even explain it. It's just so, it's almost like, how were we not complete before? I mean, we were complete before, but now we just feel complete, complete. Like, thank you, God, for this gift. And I'm sorry that I, I felt sorry that I felt even bad about thinking that it was going to be tough. It was tough. <clears throat> we had so many doctors, and we still do. But the journey is so worth it. You so know? fulfilling. So fulfilling. Yes, every little thing. This kid celebrates Saying his ABCs or, you know, signing all of his ABCs. He celebrates literally everything. And that's how life should be. Why not? Mm-hmm. Life is a gift. Um, and I think just having that 
on a daily basis. It changes me. It changes everybody that he sees, he meets. Um, I think he wants to be everybody's friend. He's the church greeter. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to say hello. He just, he wants to be a part of everybody's life because everybody's part of his. So why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it, it having Giovanni alters your perspective and changes your perspective. He changed our perspective. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, we are more patient with each other, with ourselves, with our kids. I think our expectations are are different now, right? We are not necessarily so focused on exterior things. Um, it's very much interior, right? And being in the moment and appreciating that moment. And that is much more important to us mm-hmm. than ever before. And what the has happened with our kids? You know, I, I don't know if this would have happened if we had not had Giovanni, but they are so much more empathetic, empathetic, well-rounded, beautiful people. Um, you know, they would always, whenever they saw somebody needing help, like in someone older who needed help putting groceries in the car, they would be the first person to it. But now it's it's almost like they see the world completely differently. They see more people who have needs that they just, well, why don't we meet them? Let's go meet them. Um, and it's just amazing. It's amazing to see how inclusive they are of everybody and how, you know, they don't take somebody's story for what they see, but how did they get there? They want to mm. know the whole thing. And it's so good. It is so good. I agree. I agree. Um, the the difference in our kids is phenomenal, right? And it's not that they have, you know, it's not that this experience is good, but with God, he changed it around to work something good, mm-hmm. right? Um, they are, man, they are such good kids, all, all three of them. Um, but the way Giovanni changed Bella and Cristiano is is viewing the world differently, right? And and being unselfish with mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. It it seen through seeing people um for who they are. And I, I think I've I've really kind of drilled tried to drill this into our kids is that their identity is not who other people say they are or their identity is not in how the world thinks or believes. Um, their identity is, is who God says they are, right? right? And God says that they are the head, not the tail above and not beneath. Right. Um, and that's who their identity is. It's not even what they think of themselves. Right, it's who it's what God thinks of them, and that's the reality of the situation. And the same with Gigi, right? Jesus died for him, right? Jesus died for every, for every every person, mm-hmm. and that is there's worth in that, obviously. Right, right. there is a, a standard of, of worth there, um, you know. And if 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 Jesus is going to die for you know somebody you don't necessarily um, like or appreciate, um, then that's on you. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. About your marriage, it seems like from the beginning, you guys have 
had some rhythms that have made your marriage and your family really strong. And so the challenges brought you together instead of driving you apart. Mm-hmm. Are there some strategic things that you've put in place that have helped your marriage be able to thrive through challenges? Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it really is uh, our, I want to, I'm going to try and break it down to the most foundational. It's individually and corporately as a, as a marriage. I, I think it's our individual relationship with God. That we are able to bring into our marriage, right? Right. So we both have to be aligned in the same direction, and I th- we have. I mean, we've had tremendous highs and tremendous lows, mm-hmm. right? And the thing that we've leaned on for the entirety of of our marriage was was God, was our our faith in His desire for our well being. And integrating that into our marriage as, as much as possible, be it, you know, reading books, to, excuse me, reading books together or praying together mm. or, um, you know, uh, confiding in each other about some of the fears that we've have, but not everything, but, you know, the important things. Right. Yeah. But that is key is that <clears throat> we were, we have been and continue to be individually very fervent about our relationship with Christ because we have to be who God made us to be before we could be who we are together strong, you know? Um, and, and I love like sometimes he'll find something in, in the, in the Bible that I'm like that, are you sure that's what that meant? And he'll, of course, you know, he has to expound in theoretical <laughs> whatever. Um, but he explains things so well. And I'm like, oh, I never saw it that way. But that's what I love, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because from the first time we were dating, this guy was teaching me stuff. Every time he'd call me, hey, do you know what this word means? And I'd have to look it up oh in a dictionary because I don't know. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And I'm writing it down because I'm like, I don't want to be that girl who doesn't remember what you told me yesterday. Um <laughs> But he challenges me, um, and I think I challenge him too with, with what God has for us. With, you know, we don't think too too far ahead, but we know, okay, what's our next challenge? Let's do it. I don't have anything else to say. That, that <laughs> yeah. was good. <laughs> so good. Preach, girl. <laughs> so good. I know that a lot of families that I've met have a lot of concerns for their child's future. So when you said you don't think too far ahead, how do you frame Giovanni's future? How do you anticipate what God may have for him? Maybe what emotions do you have connected to that? And then what practical things do you do to pour into Giovanni to set him up for success? I think it's safe to say there's a little bit of anxiety, you know, just not knowing at the same time, this kid has gifts. And I think you have to focus on what has God given him and how can we help that gift? Because he truly, and we'll probably have to fight his siblings for, you know, what he's going to do when he gets older because they, they're just so excited. They want him to be part of their lives. They think they understand what his gifts are <laughs> better than we do. Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do. But... um I think really what what throws that anxiety to the curve is the fact that 
he's here for a reason. This kid has defied some crazy odds, even at the very start. And we know that his gifting and what he will be able to do, it's going to change the world. I mean, he changes people today and he's six and he's been doing it since the beginning. Yeah. So it's focusing on that and what God has for him really. And people, knowing that that's there. People seem to adore Giovanni. I mean, you look at him and he's very welcoming, very open, right? Some of the characteristics of, of a DS kid, but there's something about him that is um, so heartwarming. And for me, I, I, I want to hug and kiss and, and love on that kid all day. He is so much fun to be around in every way. He brings a smile and that is, man, that is so beautiful. Right. And it, a lot with a lot of the kids, all the kids here, it's, it's, it's that way. <laughs> this place is right? amazing. And I remember, yeah, it, it is amazing. I remember coming here, uh, touring it before Giovanni was born or finding out basically when we were, when no, we came when he was three months old, honey. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> That's totally what I meant. Or maybe I came beforehand. No, you didn't. <laughs> anyway, so we came. Like I said, I, rem- I remember the emotions of it. Mm-hmm. So I remember the emotion. Yeah. And so we came. Bottom line, that's it. Before or after, still debatable. Maybe it's in the log or guest book. I don't know why you're now you're crying. (laughs) We came and it was amazing. It was amazing um, because our perspective was that people would be upset. I wanted to say upset, but dealing, you know, with dealing with the the issues that um, kids have. They feel sorry for them. Yeah. And so we were expecting that. And the heaviness that's associated with it, and that wasn't the case not at the all. Not the case at no, all. I think the the issues were so not want to say celebrated, but were accepted and were passed over. Right, your issue doesn't matter. That's not who who that, that doesn't define who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we felt that the joy. Oh my goodness, kids giggling, teachers, therapists. Just you are surrounded with God's goodness. I mean, there's just so much goodness. And I think it that is the way God looks at, right? Either typical people or people with DS or people with another issue or, or challenge. I think that's how God looks at people with that joy, with that um, perspective. And, you know, I've, I've said it before, and, and this may sound trite, but I, I think this is a piece of heaven. This place is a piece of heaven. And I, I felt, I remember feeling so convicted uh, after being here and kind of tearing up about, you know, what an idiot I am for thinking that this place wouldn't be anything but else. Mm-hmm. And it's, man, I, and that's one of the reasons why I was so excited about talking to you today is to be able to give back in. Or just show my perspective and my appreciation for this place and the people that work here, the kids, the parents. You guys do such an incredible work here. And I am appreciative. My family is appreciative of everything you guys do. Um, And 
you know, and again, this may sound trite, but this place is a piece of heaven. And from the bottom of my hearts, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just thank you. Mm-hmm. We just feel privileged that we get to be a part of it too. Yeah. You Isn't know, that amazing? I always just say, we're just so thankful we get to do what we yeah. do. And really it's because the foundation of the ministry is so fixed on trusting God mm-hmm. that love is our motivation. Yeah. You know, and perfect love casts out fear. That's yeah. right. I feel like that's what you guys are saying. From the beginning, you chose love over fear. And that's evidenced in how Giovanni approaches life. You know, he doesn't have to combat that fear or grief all the time. And so he's free to show up and be himself. Yeah. And the love that he has for others brings out the best in everyone around him. Yeah. And that love is, is so evident here. Um, and it's tangible, right? I mean, you can feel it when you when you come here. And you go through the front door, um, or look at some of the classrooms. You know, mm-hmm. watch from above and look at mm-hmm. some of the classrooms. It is, uh, man, I, I I love this place. I do, I do too. I do too. You may see him after Giovanni graduates. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I, I hope there are ways that uh, you know we can help support this place. Um, and I, I, I have no doubt that we will. Yep. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sean, I appreciate you agreeing to help facilitate our conversations in June to encourage dads. Yeah. And I wondered if you'd want to finish this conversation by sharing anything from your heart to the hearts of other fathers. How do you help special needs dads be dads? That is a great question. Um, and I, I do look forward to, you know, further talks with you in June, uh, because I think, I think dads kind of, I don't want to say get lost in the shuffle, but they certainly aren't as focused on. So it, it's great. It's a great idea to uh, have that perspective. And I think to answer your question, what I would say for dads, you know, if I had to give a, a piece of advice and, you know, Giovanni's only six, so I'm still, still young into this whole dynamic. But for me, what was most beneficial was acknowledging that I had to live in the moment with, with, with him, with my wife, with God, with myself, with our other children and my friendships, um, familial relationships. We had to, I had to learn to live in the moment. Because those moments are important. And there was a, it's an interesting dynamic because everybody wants quality moments, right? They want those moments where, that are just beautiful, right? Like a perfect sunset or you know, having a, a perfect moment with a spouse or a kid or, you know, in a quiet time with God. And people want these perfect moments, but you don't get those perfect moments without quantity. Because mm. you don't get to pick the moments, because those moments aren't manufactured, right? You have to have quantity to get quality. And the only way you get quantity is by recognizing and being in that moment. So that's my piece of advice. Learn to live in the moments and appreciate those moments. Because you can't get time back. You can always make more money, but you can't get time back. I'm so thankful for you. Trisha, would you want to share anything about what you really appreciate about Sean and his intentionality as a dad. Exactly that. He is intentional. He may, he does make every moment count 
from the smallest things like putting together a Lego set, waking the kids up crazy early just to kiss on them and have fun in the morning. Who does that? Let them sleep if you're your mom, right? <laughs> but no, he, he wants them to know that they are loved and they have no doubt in their mind, you know, in their heart that they are. And, and I'll tell you, just a quick story, this is how much they love him. Bella, when she was little, had a favorite pair of shoes and daddy could fix everything. Mommy, you know, mommy could do some things, but daddy could fix everything. <laughs> this little girl could not get her chunky feet into these shoes anymore. Oh, we'll wait for daddy. Daddy will fix it. I'm thinking, what is daddy going to do? Right? But no, Sean, knight in shining armor, who, gosh, I love you. He comes home. He clips off the top of the shoes. Bella is ecstatic. Daddy fixed my shoes. She puts her feet in there. She is falling like every other step because her chunky toes are like hitting the, the pavement. She doesn't care. Daddy fixed it. And I think, you know what? Way to not be held back by barriers. Your little girl is going to love you forever. And it's because it doesn't matter, Daddy. You know, you want this? Let's get this done. How are we going to do this for you? But that's how he approaches Everything. How do we, it's never, you know, you can't have it or it's, how do we get there? What, what do we need to stand on? What, what does God's word say about what you want or what we need to do so that we can get to that next step? And he leads us that way. And it's amazing. He covers us that way too. I mean, when Cristiano got hurt uh, last year, the first thing he told his dad is, dad, we need to pray, pray over me. It's because that's what he instills. And it's just, it's an amazing thing. And I'm very thankful for it. I just wanted her to stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she was falling. I think she's getting her knee a couple times too. Daddy hung the moon. Yeah. Uh, And she'd only walk in a circle because the the (laughs) shoes were staggered that way. I kept them. I had to. Yes. Well, guys, thank you so much for sharing your hearts and your lives with you us are today. Very welcome. Yeah. You're very welcome. Uh, we are so happy to be here and to talk with you um, and share a little bit about our story. Mm-hmm. I know there's so much more. The door's always open. Okay. <laughs> if you want to share the rest of the story, y'all come on back. <laughs> or you'll need to sit at our dinner table because we love yes. sharing stories there. Okay. <laughs> I will. That would not be a bad idea. Let's do it. <laughs> Should I bring the equipment with me you when can I go through dinner? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our conversation today. I am sure that you've enjoyed yourself. I, I certainly hope that you have been inspired and that you sense just a new grace from the Lord to enjoy the life that God has given you and continue to draw near to him in every season. If you have any questions for our staff or stories about how this podcast has benefited you, email us at helpingkidspodcast at littlelighthouse.org. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. You can find us at littlelighthouse.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. At the Little Lighthouse, we gladly give away our services and resources for free. We can do this because of the generosity of people who believe in the value of all kids. If this podcast helped you, consider joining The Crew, a passionate and determined community of monthly givers 
on mission to discover solutions that change the future of kids with special needs. Until next time, enjoy helping your kids be kids.